0: okay okay uh no i'm 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 super excited to hear more about yourself hear more about your work that you do uh obviously we're connected via, by, uh, by the big man jace on his on his book mm-hmm. watch which is really cool but like i didn't it was all about obviously jason which was awesome mm-hmm. but i want to hear about more about yourself mate
1: yeah what do you want to know <laughs> that's I a big th- question I <laughs> think... it's like that interview question of tell me something about yourself
0: okay. yeah who are you you're like oh ah! <laughs> I don't know anymore. No, it's uh, everyone usually asks me, am I going to introduce them? And it's rather awkward when I reply, no, I'm not worldwide news. Um, and it's like, you know, it's a conversation, sure. but I guess if you want to introduce yourself, that that might help some people.
1: Sure. Uh, well, I think in the primary context of how we met and kind of my main thing is that I'm a registered dietitian. I work primarily with eating disorders, but I also Work with stage performers, so actors, dancers, Broadway people, like that's my jam. If theater is my happy space, which hasn't been happening for the last two years really, but yeah, theater and working with eating disorders. Um I own a group practice based out of California called Not Your Average Nutritionist. And I have three dietitians who work for me, also working with eating disorders and athletes and yeah, I I absolutely love what I do. I love getting to connect with people and see them on their worst days and see their amazing changes and helping them get to their best days. And just knowing that I was a small part of their journey is the greatest feeling in the world.
0: Wow. Talk to me about the performer side, because that's something that like the average Joe would look at and be like, uh, it's part of the business you know that's just kind of something that you have to do which is kind of crazy when you think about it so what, what what's that like like working with them and, and what do they usually struggle with
1: yeah um so this niche and i'm working on trademarking the broadway dietitian as kind of my sub niche of my brand um It came about because I have been doing theater since I was really young. I grew up dancing, and then I think when I was eleven, I did my—I was in my first play, and then um, grew up watching musicals with my mom. And it was just—it was always just this happy, transformative world where people broke out into song and dance. And um, through high school and then beyond, doing community theater, I was just always in the theater and it becomes a little family, especially if you're um, doing community theater in the same area, you get to know all the people. And the, hmm, when was this even? I can not even think of how long ago this was, but uh, after I became a dietitian and I was still doing community theater, friends who would do shows with me were starting to ask me questions of like, You know, I am, because especially with community theater, and we'll get to the professional side in a minute, but especially with community theater, people are going from their full-time day jobs or school or whatever they've got going on, and then going into evening and weekend rehearsals. So let's say you work you know, nine to five, not that anyone really works normal hours anymore, but <laughs> say you work 95 and then rehearsal starts at five thirty or six. And then you usually get out 10:30, 11 at night, you go home, you sleep, you wake up, you do it all over again. And if you have family and, you know, other things going on, you've got to still, you know, go grocery shopping and feed yourself, do your laundry, um, do all the like normal human things. And, I would get questions like, "I literally don't have time to make dinner. I've been running through McDonald's on the way to rehearsals, or I haven't eaten anything all day, and I know that's bad, but I can't help it because I don't have any food at home, and I did, and I forget." And so it was these questions like, "How do I do this? What is going to be the best way to eat?" And then as the questions became more nuanced, it was like, "Okay, so." I'm feeling really bloated in my costumes. Is there something, you know, food-wise going on with that? Or um, I can't eat right before a show because I, you know, the digestive stuff happening, like my stomach hurts, or I feel like I need to go to the bathroom. And so I started looking into, is there any research behind all of this? Because to me, it was like, okay, there's like, some of these things are just really obvious answers. Like you need to plan ahead. You need to buy some groceries, maybe meal prep, packs and snacks, Stuff that to me is kind of a no brainer, but like, oh, people actually need to be taught this. Um, but then when it got into the more nuanced stuff, like digestive things on stage, vocal health, um, there's a lot of myths out there, like dairy is bad for singing and things like that. It creates more mucus in your throat or whatever. And I was like, there has to be some research. So I started digging into PubMed and looking at the journal articles. And there's very, very few um, articles out there. Uh, about performing artists in general, there was some research showing there's higher rates of eating disorders and substance abuse, which totally, totally agree with that, uh, which pretty well parallels the um, rates in the dance community. I think a lot of people are more familiar with um, like dietitians working with dancers and dancers having eating disorders or needing more nutrition support, mm. but actors, singers, musicians, drag performers, comedians, like anyone technical crew, anyone involved in the theater has crazy hours, whether you're doing it professionally or as a hobby. Do you think that's culture
0: or or stress and like hustle? uh,
1: Oh, both. And we're going to get into that too, because I've been having some really cool conversations this year. So yeah, I'm digging into the research. I'm finding things that are making sense. I'm finding that hey, for anyone listening who has a singer, dairy has no impact on your vocal cords because it does not touch your vocal cords. Same with honey and lemon and all that stuff. You just need to be really hydrated. So spoiler alert there, you can have dairy right before you sing. It's okay. Um, so that kind of stuff was prompting me like, okay, like there's, there's something to this. And then, you know, pairing it with my personal experience, I actually started out with creating an online course that I call whole health for performers. And it kind of ties in a whole bunch of areas. I also have a background as a um, personal trainer and group fitness instructor. So I was also thinking about like repetitive motion injuries and things like that. Um, Cause I don't know how familiar you are with musical theater, especially the dances. They're so repetitive, especially when you're in rehearsals. And a lot of people are not doing proper warmups and cool downs. So they're going in with cold muscles, they're doing these crazy spins and leaps and who knows what, and they're pulling stuff. They're not doing things evenly on both sides. So um, they're not cross-training, not taking rest days. There's, there's all this stuff going on. So I broke this course into uh, a bunch of different segments. I talked about um, exercise and you know, making sure people do have proper rest days and cross-training and things like that. I talked about nutrition and planning food that you can pack and take with you and timing of food around like when you're performing so that it's going to sit with you best, Um, how to avoid digestive issues and certain things like heat stroke on stage. I talked about vocal health and best practices for that. Talked a little bit about mental health, eating disorders, and substance abuse in the theater Uh, because there's a lot of data on that. It's pretty bad. Um, so that was kind of my first foray into it, and then um, as I wa- was really getting into it and wanting to take it a step further, I started reaching out to some people who were actually in the industry, some performers, uh, people that I knew that hadn't made a big time yet, but were like in New York doing the thing, doing the hustle. Um, and started making some connections. And I actually got connected with this um, fantastic nonprofit. Um, it's called the Broadway Body Positivity Project. And the founder of that, Stephanie Laxa, she and I have connected. We actually uh, shared a room when we were out at BroadwayCon pre-COVID. Uh, so that was pretty fun. And um, she is there just promoting body positivity, um, equality, or equity, I guess, for everyone on stage. So disabilities, all races, all genders, all body types, um, having a place in the theater. And so that really got me into uh, more of a social justice side of it as well, because I knew the eating disorder piece really well, but I hadn't had a lot of experience in the other areas. So, um, it's been really cool connecting through her and, and getting into those spaces as well. I feel like, I can talk on this forever, and I wow. uh, go back to um, is, is it a stress thing? Is it an industry thing? Yes, um, I think there's, yeah. there's a couple yeah. things that <laughs> we're really realizing, and um, I want to speak to the stress part first because I think that's what most people would assume, and why nothing has changed yet, and why it is such a, a, a big problem is when you're a particularly a performer. So, if you're an actor. Going out for any show, and I would even take this down to a lot of local theater, there are hundreds of people who look like you sound like you can do what you do, vying for the same role. So what makes you stand out? For most people, they push it as work ethic. If I can rehearse more, if I can do more pirouettes, if I am thinner, if I am this, if I am that, it, it they will push themselves to a breaking point to try to make it. Um, I've literally, I went to audition for Broadway in New York and it was such a funny experience. So I walk into the holding room before, so like all the people auditioning are in this big room together while we're waiting to go in individually for our audition. And it reminded me of the scene in the movie La La Land where she walks in and everyone looks the same and is dressed the same going in for the role. And I, I walked in and it's easily a hundred girls, roughly my age. And there was two styles of outfit everyone had chosen. And I walked in and I'm like, yes, nailed it. <laughs> it wasn't a, Oh darn. Everyone looks at the same. It was like, I, I figured it out. I figured out the formula, you know? Um, so it's, it's putting a lot of pressure on people um, and not allowing for a lot of individuality in a field that's very creative and very individual. Um, So yeah, the personal stress leads a lot of people to do harmful behaviors, eating disorders, overworking themselves, substance abuse, um, all kinds of things, It's, it's pretty crazy. But on the system side of it as well, This is where um, the pandemic has actually been allowing some change to happen in that there's finally been a, a full stop. There was a pause and now people are looking at what is theater gonna look like as we come back. And out of that has come a lot of questions. Like we can't keep pushing people to the breaking point anymore. And like there was new things to me as someone who has never made it professionally as an actor there was new terminology that I was learning. Like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea they were doing this. And one of those things is called 10 out of 12s. So apparently in that sense on a normal rehearsal day, the everyone involved with the show. So actors, technical people are there for 12 hours a day and they get a two hour lunch break but the tech side don't even get that because they're setting up lights and stuff while the actors are taking their break and 12 sometimes turns into 14 or 16. And then, so people are getting out of the theater late at night. They're, you know, needing to safely get home, which depending on the location, you know, could be a sketchy area might not have public transportation or you have to use public transportation. And that, you know, after midnight is a little scary. Um, when are they eating? They're not getting long breaks for full meals. And then there's that pressure to try to look a certain way. So are people packing snacks? And so it just creates this pretty horrible lifestyle where you're happy when you're there and you're doing your art, but then you have no time to recover and they're doing this six days a week. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a lot of push right now to see if that can start to change. Can we reduce the number of hours per day? Can we take it down to five days a week or even four days a week? Uh, and that will be a massive change for the industry. Uh, when we think of professional theater and think of Broadway in particular, it's eight shows a week over six days. So they have two, two show days um, and then they have one full day off. And on that full day off, like that's the day that they're doing everything. That's when they're, you know, going to the laundromat. That's when they're doing their medical appointments. That's when they're spending time with family and friends. That's when they're sleeping. Um, And a lot of people are still going to the gym and there's, there's just so much to cram into such a short period of time. And if you haven't, you know, made it and are a big name, that's going to keep getting work because at any point you could lose your job, your contract could end, the production goes under, um, they don't renew your contract, whatever. So you're always thinking about what's the next job. So if you don't, if you're not a name that's gonna get the next job, you're probably working a survival job as well. So there's a lot, there's a lot going into this. And it's no wonder people have issues (laughs) and are not taking good care of themselves. So how I'm, I'm trying to find my, my place in this as someone who can at least help with the nutrition side of thing in that it doesn't have to be perfect. All foods fit. You need to eat something you need to eat regularly to keep your energy up. And then beyond that, we can take the nuances a lot more kind of like sports nutrition. Like we're looking at what is the optimal timing? What are the nutrients you want? How are we, Um, it's like preparing for a game or a race or something. we got to make sure that you're fueled, but you're not going to have anything right before that's going to affect your digestion negatively. That's not going to allow you to perform at your best. Mm. So there's just a lot of moving pieces.
0: And you're, you're a perfect fit for it because, you know, you've, you've got a taste for what the industry is like, you know, and you, you know, what's going through these lads and ladies heads, uh, and you know what it's like and the stresses. So I think that's, that's, uh, it's a really important thing to come from someone like yourself who knows that rather than me walking in and be like, we should probably change this. You'd be like, what the fuck <laughs> do you know, Blondie? I was like, that's a good point. I don't know anything, you know, yeah. like I watched, I watched the movies. That's about it. Um, you know, so I think that's really important because you can empathize with those, with those actors. Right. And mm-hmm. as a side note, the whole hustle type stuff, like it's a really, where well, I think uh, in a lot of industries, you've come to a quite strange Kind of a T junction, right? Where it's like, do I go super hard and figure this out and potentially like blow myself out, right? So you're completely burnt out. You hate the yeah. industry. You don't make it. You've spent everything, all your time, all your friends. You got nothing left. Or yeah. do you go down the other route and like the more patient route and and kind of figure it out? But the same, the same as I'm, especially with the with the acting industry. Like you said, there's a hundred other lads or ladies that look exactly the same, are exactly mm-hmm. the same talented, done the same things, can probably maybe even do it better. You're like, yeah. you know, yeah. I can empathize with them. It's like, well, what are you going to do? You're like, you, OK, you know, you shoot yourself in the foot and go for it.
1: Yeah, it's, it is one of those really crazy industries that you can work really hard, but at the end of the day, you don't have any control over what happens in the casting room because it's not just about years of experience or how well you've trained or who you've trained with. It's you walk in the door and they need you, you know, as an actor to match a family they've put together. So if you don't look right next to them, if you're too tall or too short, like there are things you literally cannot control. And I think that's what makes it really hard is you can bust your butt doing this. And never get anywhere Um, and I think that's where you know a lot of the change is coming with having more diversity in the arts but still you still need to match within reason Um, the psychological
0: impact on that must be fucking crazy
1: it is and how um, what's the word I'm looking for how how clicky it can be as well Mm. Um, you know, it 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 does kind of turn into a who do you know sort of thing as well, and you can get blacklisted really easily. Um, and so it's like there's these little cliques of people that love working together, and they'll keep working together. Mm-hmm. It's hard for other people to break in. And then if someone pisses one person off, they'll spread it to everyone, and then you're kind of like out of that, you know. And it's just it's really hard and my my only experience, like trying to make this happen professionally, I, oh gosh, I spent probably a good six months where I was like, okay, if I'm going to do it, it's now or never. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to try. I, I booked an audition in New York and it was like a month out. And I was like, this is my shot. Like, I don't, I don't come from a performing arts background at that time I was 28, 29. Um, so I wasn't considered young in the game anymore. And like most of the people are coming straight out of university and getting into the industry so that, you know, there's like 18 through 22 year olds that are, are mostly getting in if you weren't a child star. So anything older than that is considered old. Um, And so I, I did all the voice lessons. I was taking dance classes and all for this one shot for one minute in the room with decision makers. One minute. I, one minute, maybe it was less than that. It might've been 30 seconds. Um, I have had auditions where I walk in and while you're standing in line waiting to go in, they literally come out. And so you've prepared, usually it's 16 or 32 measures of music that you're going to sing with an accompanist. So you bring your sheet music. Sometimes they ask for a backtrack recording, but usually you bring your sheet music and you're going to give it to a pianist and you're going to, you have 16 or 32 bars. And that's very, very industry standard. And twice I have gone to large auditions where we're standing in line, waiting to go in. And the um, administrator comes out and says, okay, everyone, you're getting cut to eight bars a cappella because of time. They're said, don't even, like, don't even say thank you. You're just going to walk in the room, say your name, sing your eight bars, walk out. Don't even, like, say anything. And so while you're standing in line, you're like, okay, which eight bars am I going to sing that's going to have the most impact that's going to, like, show that I'm worthy of singing more to you? Um, because at that point, it's like, you literally just have to hit the money notes, Mm. or like, there's, there's no point. Like you, how do you show yourself up in eight bars of music? Um, so yeah, it's awful. And obviously I didn't get called back for those ones. <laughs> Just hearing my story. You're like, yeah, you, you weren't so excited about
0: that. Um, it got you here, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And now you're helping people uh, within that industry. And I think that's really beautiful to be able to give back. And I, I, I can't get over what it would do to someone's mind being Mm -hmm. in something like that. Like we've all been in high stress situations and we've all been in unrelenting high stress situations. Right. But I've also not, well, kind of in the fitness industry, I guess, but anyway, Mm -hmm. like I've not really been in the position where it's like, you just don't look the part. There's something wrong with how you look. Fuck off. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Mm -hmm. wait, hold on a minute. Like you, you know, you've not even heard anything or seen anything. It's just like, Nope, you're gone.
1: Yeah, well, and I think the uh, the harder part might be too is that they never tell you why you didn't make it.
0: Oh, wow! So you don't
1: know if it was your looks or your singing, or there just literally was someone who was a little bit better, or if it was your height or like something you can't change, or you had a conflict that just was a non negotiable. They don't tell you. So I think that's what really gets to people's heads is like. I don't know what it was. So I'm going to change the things that I can change. And so that's where a lot of the eating disorders and stuff come from is, well, if I don't know what it is, maybe it was my body. Maybe if I did X, it would, I would get roles. Maybe if I sang a different song, you know, like you, you kill yourself thinking of all the what ifs, what was, why didn't they want me? And 99.9% of the time you're never going to have the true answer for that
0: honestly i can i can draw parallels to trying to play pro ball
2: yeah
0: you're going to try and play pro spot you don't get picked you're just not in the 15 you're not in the 50 whatever spot you're playing you're like why you never get a fucking feedback sheet right alex i want you to work on this drill you know hand-eye coordination is a little bit bad we don't have like stats um and everything over in the States is like super stat driven, right? It's all objective data. Like back home, we don't mm-hmm. have any of that. The S is oh. lagging behind from years and years and years. It's not like my 30 yard dash isn't good enough or, or mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, we, we just don't know. It's like, Oh, you're not in, or you are in, you don't know why you're in. You don't know why you're not in. So I can, yeah. I can draw parallels from that.
1: Yeah. Cause uh, for a while I was a runner too. And it's, it's so, <laughs> it's so much easier to be a runner. Cause like you're literally going for time. So hmm you know, you weren't the fastest person. If you didn't cross the finish line first, you know, that if you, you know, train appropriately, you could probably shave a couple seconds off, you know, like that's relatively easy. And at that point, it's like, it doesn't matter what your body looks like, what your hair looks like, whatever. You just need to be fast. Mm. This is so many little tiny nuances that you just never know.
0: That's, that's real. That's real hard to try and navigate as like a mentor and a culture, like the, the, mm-hmm. the chair and the role that you adopt, right. That, yeah. That's really difficult for, for, for someone to be able to do.
1: Yeah. And to, you know, try to explain my services to someone as well It's like, I can't promise you you're going to get roles after you work with me. Like it yeah. doesn't work like that. You have to literally be invested in your health and want to just feel better and feel better for yourself Hope that it translates well to your career, but it's literally doing it
0: for you. Unfortunately, like employees uh, these days, it makes me sound fucking 90, but employee, <laughs> you know, the employees in, in the modern world care about the outcome, not the human, right? Mm-hmm. They want. The, the numbers they want the badge they want the the productivity they want the, the perfection and they don't really care if they destroy the human behind it because there's always someone else that you can throw in there right an intern yeah. or someone just fresh out of college that you can throw in there and i think that's really sad man like that's a really destructive mm. like world that we're kind of creating for one another of like oh if you don't break yourself and burn yourself out then we don't want to know I was like, but yeah. then my like longevity within the business is going to be halved. It's like, yeah, but exactly. then we'll just throw you out and get a new model. You're like, whoa. Yeah. Then what yeah. And do?
1: it's, it's really sad how short careers are in the performing arts. Um, and we, again, we see this a lot with dancers. I think a lot of people's careers are over by their mid thirties um, either because they're not meeting the company standards for whatever reason, or they're literally getting like fractures or tears and they, they're out. They're out of commission. And, um, some of them, you know, they can rehab enough that they could get back, but if they take too much time off, they lose their spot. And then they'd have to re audition. And at that age, it's really hard to get back in. And then in the theater world, um, oh gosh, where was I just going with this? It is kind of the same thing. It's you, you keep pushing yourself. And at some point it's like, when, when can you not keep,
2: Pushing through as hard as you have been. Oh shoot! There was something I was gonna say.
0: That's all right. I'm the king of mind blanks. Oh, Honestly, totally I
2: lost
1: it.
0: <laughs> like I, I, forget my age, my name, where I am, who I am. Oh, I think doing. I
1: remembered.
0: There you I go. I remember Boom. now. You got it.
1: Okay. Um, I mean the the whole thing with any art form, any any creative outlets. Um, And especially in the performing arts, like we're, we do it because we love it. Mm -hmm. We do it because it is a creative outlet. It is art in motion. It is this beautiful fleeting moment in time that you're, you're in a complete flow state. And that is why people do it. That is, it is truly, truly for love. And to be told you can't do that anymore is really hard. Uh, whether that's self-imposed or, you know, medically imposed or whatever. Um, like I, I'm doing really, really well with it, but I, I came to terms with it mm, a year, year and a half ago that I wasn't going to try anymore. I wasn't going to push for professional theater. I'm still going to do community theater. I love it. I will never stop trying to be on stage in some aspect. Um, but just with, you know, certain health problems, like I wasn't going to, be able to, to take it there. And with that, a little piece of you dies. And I think I, I overcame it a lot faster than most people, because I hadn't been doing the grind since I was 10, trying to make it. I I really tried for maybe a year, maybe. And that was still while working other jobs and like not being in New York where it really would have been happening. Um, so I know people who've had horrible depressive episodes just from the realization that their career is done and they need to figure out something else that's never going to complete them as much as that will
0: Mm, and you lose your identity right because you've tied Mm -hmm. it to to the you know the profession or the game or the hobby or that's who you are you know you're a you're a performer and I see it all the time with with people who try and play pro sport yeah all the time it's like, oh, well, if rugby was taken away, if American football was taken away, if swimming was taken away, what am I? And it's just like, what do you mean? What exactly. are you? Like you're a human being, God damn it. Like
2: there's more <laughs> yeah. to you
0: than, than a spot and like running around chasing after a pigskin with a bunch of boys. Like, come on, like you're, there's a bit more. It's like, no, no, this is who I am. This is what I've bred to do, you know, especially if you've you've legitimately sacrificed your education, you know, to, to go yeah. and pursue this. Like, and if it doesn't work out, That's real difficult.
1: Yeah. Uh, And I think that's why we all need to have lots of, you know, to truly live our multifaceted life, to have hobbies, to have other things we love, to have multiple friend groups, like to have other things. Um, I see this all the time in my clients with eating disorders. Their identity is so wrapped up in ed that they don't know who they are without that. They're, they're the sick one. They're, the vegan one, the athlete, the whatever, and it's so tied up in their eating disorder that they're afraid to lose that piece of them because then who are they?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's where we spend a we spend a lot of work on that. Like it's when you work with a dietitian, you're not just working on eat this, don't eat that, or eat more of this or whatever people think we do. It's it's a lot of the mindset shifts so of you can't keep doing what you've been doing. You've you've got to push yourself to be the the fully
0: actualized human that you are. Hmm. I mean, life isn't black and white, right? It's a gray area. Exactly. You know, it pendulums from all emotions. It goes here, there, and everywhere. And, and so do we as, as humans. Like, we grow, mm-hmm. adapt, overcome, like, fall down, get up, all that type of stuff. And the 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 thought of I am only this, this tiny little minutiae of life, this is who I am. And if you take that mm-hmm. away, I am nothing. You're like, oh, wow. like Like, everything that makes up the universe is inside of you. Yes. And everything inside of you makes up the universe. So you are absolutely everything and also nothing at the same time. And once you kind of get your head around that, I think it frees you. I'm a bit of a spiritual bloke. I'm a bit of a yes. philosophical guy. I'm a poet too. So I write things down, you know, and kind of sit on my bill and kind of drift off into the clouds, one of those weirdos.
2: Love but,
0: it. you know, it it takes your hands out the shackles, in my opinion.
2: Because mm-hmm.
0: you're like, oh, okay all these like definitions and boundaries that's a man-made thing Mm -hmm. oh okay i no longer need to be in that box anymore because it doesn't have a roof so i can stand up and just step out of it
1: oh i like (laughs) that visual right (laughs) i hope that's in your poetry somewhere that's good
0: oh i think i don't know i'd write a lot of shit you know like (laughs) there's a a lot of stuff around (laughs)
1: we're human beings not human doings like you are worthy just for being you don't need to do anything to
2: prove yourself can you say that again
1: we are human beings not human doings
0: Sure, you're not the writer
1: i am a writer but (laughs)
0: let's 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 dive into that let's go
1: yeah i want to say one more thing about something you just said there so the black and white versus the gray area 100% agree. I have a little twist on it that I like to say because gray area sounds really sad to me, um, but we don't want to live in the black and white. We don't want to have the all or nothing. So rather than the gray area, I consider it stepping into the full rainbow of life. It's like we're going, it's, it's like in the wizard of Oz, but like we go into this glorious technicolor when we're fully living outside of the extremes.
0: Yes, I agree. I'm trying to say the same thing and I'm not trying to put a yeah. down on it or anything. It's just. just um, just, oh, no. you know, Gray area, rainbow, same, same.
1: Yeah, no, it's totally the same, and that's how most people know it's the gray area too. So I'm fully on board with calling it the gray area too. Mm. I just like a, a reframe, now and then.
0: Mm. I mean, yeah, why not? I mean, life's a pendulum, right?
1: Yeah, it yeah. You're we're never stagnant. We're we're always moving. We're always being. We're always changing. Like the only constant is change. So yes, mess.
2: Like
1: the pendulum
0: hmm so writing things writing things down stick it on a cover and throwing it out there talk to me
1: yeah uh well I think you know I wrote a book yes as well so uh actually I've technically written three but really only one to speak of. <laughs> so wow. uh, I was a co-author on some other ones so Permission to Eat, that's my baby. Um, it's actually because of that book that you and I are talking today, because Jason picked up that book, it kicked off his recovery. He wrote his book, and that's how we met. So, um, full circle there. Weird world. Um, yeah. So, Permission to Eat, I published it in 2019. It was actually an interesting writing process for that book because in fall of 2018, I had just gotten laid off my dream job. I went into a horrible depression, like the kind where you can't get out of bed for a long time mm-hmm. and felt like I had no purpose. And I don't even know why I like agreed to do this, but at some point um, I had been following this publishing company for a while um, because I attended a masterclass that the owner had put on and they were doing this new thing where they were going to have Uh, a writing coach work with a small group of people to help you get your first draft of a book done and so I signed up and working with that I I actually got my first draft done in four months which is unheard of for most people it's like a two-year process (laughs) Um, and so I started writing in October by the end of February we were in layout and the book published in June and it kind of changed my life. Like it, I'm not saying like it, you know, skyrocketed a bestseller, and like I have money coming in because I don't, but not only did it open up a lot of doors, um, the part that really matters to me, because I wrote it for my clients. I wrote it for people who needed to hear the stuff. And so whenever I open up an email or I get a DM on Instagram or something of someone who read the book and just needed to share how it changed their life, like that's the entire reason I wrote the book and those those are what keep me going on the hard days is just having those people that are are reading it and enjoying it and yeah it's
0: powerful, um, it's, yeah. it's really powerful shit being able to connect with someone without seeing their face or even knowing their name although your name's going to be on the cover like granted but you're not going to know their yeah. name you know what i mean exactly. that's 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 real powerful like being able to put something down that can that can legitimately touch someone's soul on a piece of paper and then for them to pick it up and interpret it in their own way. Right. Cause mm-hmm. then we're all going to take something slightly yeah. different from it yeah. and be like, that really changed me. And you only know about the people that have sought you out and told you mm-hmm. there's going to be yeah. like three times, four times, five times the amount of people that has picked it up and be like, Holy fuck. This is like gospel yeah and kind of just did that thing and never you know never ended up connecting with you and that that's seriously powerful me
1: mm-hmm. I mean I think of all the great books that I've read that I love and yeah. I never write a review I never reach out to the person I probably should start writing reviews it's just like <laughs> now I know what it feels like on the other side it's like oh yeah that would be nice but yeah with the thousands of books I've read over my lifetime the like five that I've written a positive review for <laughs> like there's so many more I should do that um so here's a way to help a author is to write a positive review if you like their book
0: <laughs> yes yes it does helps out a lot yeah. or even just you know even just passing it on to someone else exactly you know like yeah. there's, there's been a couple of people oh it's a bit it's a bit hard-hitting I was like yeah, motherfucker, it's poetry on mental health. Like, what do you think it's gonna be? Like, I cradle mm-hmm. your balls and, and give you a kiss on the cheek. No, it's it's, it's gonna <laughs> slap you in the face with a wet salmon. You know what I mean? I what? love it. I, I, <laughs> I told you I was gonna shoot straight.
2: Oh,
1: I love. I just I'm loving the visuals I'm getting.
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe don't picture that one. Um, <laughs> you know, just going up to a stranger and grab. No, yeah. please don't do that. Yeah. Don't quote me. Okay. out. I said that. I'm gonna get oh. into trouble, more trouble. For sake, <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, uh, just, like, just pass it on, leave it somewhere. Yeah, you know, like you don't. Exactly. If, if you, you know, every book in the planet is not gonna be your the book for you. Put it mm-hmm. back down, man. Put it back on the yeah. on the table. Someone else is gonna pick it up. You know, and I tell you what, I don't know if you've done this, but this is one of my favorite things to do, mm-hmm. is to leave a copy somewhere random have you done it?
2: Um,
1: maybe not super random, but I've been leaving them in. I don't know if you have these over there, but little free libraries.
0: Yes, like um, little like book swap type things.
1: Yeah, so yeah. I've been leaving copies there. Um, I've heard about people leaving them in like the back of the plane seats, you Ooh, know, where they have the cool. magazines and stuff. Um, and yeah, so try and just get it out there. Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, the little book swaps is really cool. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's a really cool idea. Um, I always like it in coffee shops. If you ever go and do some work, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm.
2: and then
0: you kind of write in the middle, in the cover, like I hope it reaches someone that the person who yeah. needs it most or something like that, right? And you just kind of leave it. Like, I, I don't love
1: know. That. I'm gonna do that.
0: Yeah, it's it's cool. It's a really weird feeling, you know. Yeah, and then I usually boycott that coffee shop and never go back because I'm like, they can't see my face. They can't know it was me. <laughs> Like the Scarlet Pimpernel or some shit. Like I should dressed in like purple or something. Do you know what that? It's like a. It's like an old. I think it's actually French. I think it's an old French. I don't lifestyle. know that
1: one, but I like but the idea.
0: Damned Europeans! We we have so much bullshit going on. <laughs> uh, anyway, what you, are yeah. you going to? Um, are you thinking about writing another one?
1: Yeah. So I have three books started. I have wow. no idea which one I'm going to actually work on and finish next. Um, they're all very different. One of which I actually started before I started writing the other one. It's a novel. So that wow. is going to be a lot more work because <laughs> I have never like developed a plot before. So that's why I kind of keep pushing that one back. I have 18,000 words done on it. Um, so it, someday I will finish it because I feel like I need to, um, but not going to be this year. <laughs> um, And then the one I'm realistically going to publish next is going to be kind of in a similar vein um, to my other book, but it's going to be health for performers. So there are a few, I'd say older books on like kind of broad overview of like health practices for dancers and maybe performers, but nothing like really specific to Broadway. Um, nothing that gets into a lot of nuances of like, here's what you as the individual do rather than here's what people should do in general. Or if you're the health director for your company, here's how you approach these things. Here's how to identify if someone has this problem. It's like, no, I want to take it down to the individual level, pick this book up, use it as a, a tool, a, a thing of little homework pieces to actually move you
0: forward. Mm. I like that a little bit practical you know like actually mm-hmm. get something from it rather than like that was a good idea yeah you know it's like no well, what are we going to do now you know exactly. start moving your feet and then you'll climb Everest
1: yeah so I'm hoping to work on that this year I feel like everything keeps getting in the way so yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, that's yeah. telling it's not time to work on it yet no I'm, I'm itching to write again I'm excited to write I like writing
2: what, very, do you, we were
1: talking about we were talking about being very introverted before we officially started this and like yeah I'd be happy to just hole up in my office and not talk to other people and just write and be creative
0: I was just about to ask like do you like yeah. do you like lock yourself away and like kind of block off some time I was like this is like yeah I'm putting my writer hat on and no one no one gets to talk to me and speak to me and stuff
1: yes I need a solid three-hour chunk of time and I probably won't be writing that entire time, but like, I need to know that I won't be cut off in the middle of a thought. I'm not one of those people that can just write in 15 minute increments, Mm. like whenever they, you know, squeeze it in between appointments or whatever. No, I I need to like sit, focus, like my, my go-to when I was writing my book and I wrote, I'd say 80% of it at this one seat in this one coffee shop. (sighs) I would go there first thing in the morning. I'd bring my laptop. I would not check my email or anything. I would go and like I'm gonna write until I can't write anymore, and then I will check Facebook and do all the things.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I would do that about three days a week, and that's probably why I got it done so fast. But that was my routine, and it worked great.
0: But what happens if someone was sat in your seat?
1: I would go to a different seat. I'm not that rigid. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yep. usually, no one was in my spot, so.
0: <laughs> you have to go up. Your, go be anonymous. Excuse me. Like, uh, there's someone on the phone for you. Next <laughs> thing you know, you come back and you're like, "No, you were never sat here. You know, this was my seat um, all along."
1: I don't recall that happening. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I got a bad memory anyway. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna remember. No, like, um, your, I'm the, sorry. What were
1: you saying? I was say, what's your writing process like?
0: Mm, well, it depends because I got a few on the go as well. And um, one of them requires a little bit more uh, me kind of structuring sentences rather than just kind of writing poems. Like poems are great. I'm dyslexic as a motherfucker, right? Like it, it, it's bad. And uh, it gets worse when I stop reading. So if mm. I don't read every morning, like it gets a hell of a lot worse and I start stuttering and, and all that type mm. of stuff, even, even speaking as well as writing. But um, mm. poetry is great because it doesn't matter about grammar. Right. Because I can you can kind of like mix it up and it's it's incorrect. But it you're works making better. it
1: sound easy. Poetry is not easy. Um, I mean, maybe if it flows out of you. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a poet. I will never pretend to be one.
0: <laughs> um, I don't want right, to. I'm not going to shit on the craft. I don't think it's quote unquote easy. I don't think any craft is easy. Um, but poetry, all it is, is like it's feelings. Yeah. it's just emotion coming through through your body and then putting it into like a pen onto a paper like quite regularly um like I'm, a, I'm an emotional bloke i'm an empath too so if you start crying right i'm gonna start crying or i'll cry inside if you start laughing or smiling i'm like i get up, you know so it just makes it quite hard being around people especially when they're like negative because it will it will it will do you in but if they're yeah. super positive like oof, i can like go without sleep for about seven days it's crazy um <laughs> Obviously, don't do that, and I and I don't do that. But anyway,
1: I say probably not literally, but feel yeah, like-
0: not literally. Um, but yeah, like a lot of the time, I'll kind of because the world's busy, right? And we're all both of us are doing a lot of different things at one time, so something will happen and it will absolutely knock me for six, right? It's just mm-hmm. sucker punched me in the gut, and then it'll leave a spiral and you know, two minutes later, I'm thinking about something that happened 15 years ago or or whatever, whatever.
2: Yeah. So
0: I'll kind of just like lie on the floor with like my pen and paper and boom, pen down, pen off is it's done. And kind of rarely I'll have to like change a word because it doesn't really make any sense because me being rather dyslexic kind of, wrote something that really shouldn't have been there and it should have been a different word or whatever but then i'm just like oh okay that makes sense that's done and then i kind of get up and do my thing but if i'm sitting down and like either working on a book or or any of like anything like that i need no distraction i'm exactly the same i need Mm -hmm. to shut off i either be in a coffee shop or i'll I'll stay in the office usually it's a coffee shop um and yeah i turn my phone off or i go airplane mode or like you said, you do it in the morning when you haven't opened that up. Uh, yeah. Like I write every morning, usually just in like a, like a notepad like, mm-hmm. like this. But um, I have to do it before I open my emails or even go on my phone. Like I don't touch my phone yeah. because it starts like interfering with my thought process. I'm like, okay, what can I do for this person? What do I need to do for that person? What do I need to do today type stuff? Like my diary's closed. I've not got my to-do list open. I've not checked my phone. I've not had my emails. And it's kind of just like raw. That's the way I have to do it.
2: Yeah.
1: No, it's so true that the not only the to do's and to answers, but other people's voices getting yes. in there and cluttering up your thoughts that I think when we wake up, we're at our most lucid, you know, yes. we can really pull from ourselves
0: yeah it's a personal thing too right like you're connecting mm-hmm. with something inside of you i who you actually are and interacting with with that with a human mind and putting it onto a computer screen or a paper yeah. you know kind of hearing other people's opinions on it within that process can can end up hindering the outcome and you're like oh yeah okay maybe maybe i am right or wrong maybe they mm-hmm. are right or wrong maybe i should do this differently or whatever just make whatever yeah. you want like i never had an idea about this art and expression type nonsense i thought it was just crazy i was like well, yeah whatever like i'm just like the spark guy or whatever it's like no that's you know that's You're not a the
1: multifaceted point. person
0: yeah there you go we're yeah. being
1: um oh gosh so what you were just saying there about not letting other people's voices in there and everything I'm, I'm putting this out here now as a way to hold myself accountable to this because I've been thinking about it a lot lately in terms of content creation in general, whether it's my next book or a post on Instagram or how I'm marketing my business or whatever, I want to not look at what other people are doing anymore. Like I'm mm-hmm. still going to read books for fun and all that stuff, but I am I'm not going to... It sounds weird though. I'm like, I don't want to follow the competition. I don't want to like analyze what they're doing. Are they doing better than me? I'm, I want to really let that go. And I think that's, um, one of my, I don't know if I want to call it a goal for the year, but just a, a new way I want to try to be, cause I will get really in my head. I'm an extremely competitive person. <laughs> and I know that I'm not doing my best if I'm trying to copy what someone else is doing.
0: Mm. Like so. you know, sharing and not comparing is what we need, but it's also a difficult thing. Like yeah. I've noticed, um, like I obviously I attack it from the physical side; you attack it from mm-hmm. like the nutrition side. Um, but most of the ladies I've ever, I've ever coached or currently coach, have really struggled with comparison. Yeah, and I don't know if it's society, culture, media, kind of spins it on that way that you need to always battle with one another and compete if it's yourself and it's kind of like that's just kind of how you're wired if it's like the dude's fault as in men in general like we just act a certain way that doesn't come off you know in a right way I'm not really too sure but I have noticed that ladies struggle real bad with comparison
1: yeah yeah I don't have an answer for you as to why <laughs> all of the things and none of them and I don't know
0: well I'll give you a little bit of a soapbox right yeah in the dope. sense of like people and this could be a fucking uh lady or, or a jenny it doesn't matter but people doing their own thing and being confident in that and mm. doing something that they're passionate about is fucking beautiful
2: it in is. the sense of
0: like yeah okay you can go down the whole romantic beauty yeah, okay fine if that's your thing you go down there but also like platonic beauty in the sense of that human being over there is kicking fucking ass and it's lighting fire up inside me and I want to go like punch through a wall so let's like go you know what Mm -hmm. I mean and if someone's like super unique and kind of do their thing you know if you want purple stripes through your hair or I don't know swinging kettlebells from your earlobes or whatever you want to do right (laughs) it's just like you you do your thing you know live and let live and if you're just kind of walking and doing your thing and you seem like Super confident, not cocky. There's a difference, right? Super confident in it. And it's just an open human being. You're like, you know what? Yeah. That's authenticity. fucking Authenticity. Cool. Yeah.
1: Authenticity. Yeah.
0: Confident authenticity.
1: That's what we all
0: need. Yeah. And I think it comes from self-awareness. You know, mm-hmm. self-awareness is a superpower. You know, I, I say you got you got two goals in life. Number one, figure out who the fuck you are. And number two, don't ever fucking forget it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I need to write that down. Hang on. You
0: might, <laughs> might want
1: PG-13. Yeah, so find out who you are.
0: Figure out who you are. The fuck is optional.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And number two is don't ever forget it. Uh, that is for me personally. If I do anything with it,
1: I will definitely put your name on it. But um, that reminds me of a quote. I want to say it was Dolly Parton. Maybe um, find out who you are and do it on purpose.
0: Mm. That's nice. You're
2: right, you're right
1: up there with Dolly Parton. Good job. Do you,
0: oh, don't no, no no. I'm not. I'm <laughs> hey. definitely not anybody. Authentic,
1: confident. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I, we
1: got to just tear this for as it happens.
0: Okay. <laughs> I, I say I say too many fucks to be in halls of fame like that. You know what I mean? I'll just be the guy that walks around, kind of goes with the wind, will do his thing, you know? Um, we'll tell you straight. Yeah,
1: that's who you are, and you do it on purpose.
0: Life's a game. Oh, there's another one. This is actually my favorite one of, like, life's a game. Figure out the rules you want to play the game by and don't expect anybody else to play by the same rules.
1: Oh, I've never heard that one.
0: That's cool. Uh, it's because I wrote it.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah. See, look how clever you are.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, you just kind of <laughs> lie on the floor. And I mean, some people, some people fucking, um, some people are academic. I couldn't have finished university, mm-hmm. right? Like this, that's not happening. Some people can can draw, right? And paint. And I'm like, that's not happening. Some people can run a hundred meters in less than 10 seconds. Yeah, that's definitely not happening with me. No chance. <laughs> You know, some people can get on a stage and 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 basically embody these characters that we've never seen before, and you've Mm -hmm. interpreted text on a paper, right, on a piece of paper, and then you've ended up bringing it to life and making people fall in love with that character. There's no way in hell I'm doing that, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've all we're all unique. We all got those things, and I think just honestly watching people do that thing, even if someone's like working at Mackey's and they love it and you can tell they love it you're like man i just want to spend time around you man you know this is just this is wicked
2: we need
1: people to love what they do in every place you know we need retail workers we need fast food workers we need trash collectors we need executives everyone needs to love what they're doing we need people in all those positions nothing is better than any other
0: you know what I have started doing and this is honestly like a tip of the cap to myself and a pat on the back because usually it was like someone was being a little bit like miffy at you right I'd just turn around and be mm-hmm. like Oh fuck you then but yeah. now I'm just like are you having a bad day mm-hmm. or yeah has your week been that bad you know what I mean and kind of just of just addressing the elephant in the room and they're like yeah. oh what do you mean I was like mate like you don't have to you don't have to bullshit and put on a fake smile for me mate like I'm a stranger you know like if it's been that bad that's fine you know we can I'm sat over there getting a coffee you can come talk about it on your break if you want but you know also you don't need to be fake yeah you know kind of do your thing
2: yeah
1: totally and people are always just projecting what they're going through onto other people like that's yes. you know bullies bully people because they're insecure with their own stuff So people compare, like, okay, going back to the eating disorders, that's what I know, is, you know, people compare to other people and judge other people's bodies because they're not comfortable in their own. They're looking at what someone else is eating because they're freaked out about what they're eating. No one else is judging them. No one else is looking at their food. It's because that's what they're obsessed with, and that's what's in their head.
0: That's that's perfect. Yes, 100%. Why? why do you think young males... Uh, always turn to aggression because they're scared yeah they don't feel safe right it's just it's polar opposites it's like everything is 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 inside like it you know that's kept, not. no I don't want to say my niche but it's definitely one thing that before they throw dirt on me I want to have made some sort of contribution in a sense of even if it's just one kid right and you're just like you don't you don't have to do that so like yeah. you don't you don't have to do that like There's other ways, many other ways, and you get to pick it, but there isn't just one way.
1: Well, your passion around, I don't even know the way way to say this, but like helping males express themselves and letting them feel emotion and knowing that that's okay and that's normal and you don't have to bottle it up like that. I feel that authenticity coming through you in everything you you do,
0: Um,
1: and I I think that just makes you so I don't want to say so special because I want more people to be this way, but it's authentic. Thank you.
0: Like, I think, um, I relate a lot of things back to the gym because it's where the fire was lit for me. Like it was where I, Mm. how I dealt with a lot of things. dealt dealt with a lot of things. I am a poet. Honestly, I do. (laughs) I follow. I do write. (laughs) I do write things. (laughs) If
1: if you hadn't said anything, I wouldn't have noticed at all. So (laughs)
0: honestly, it's bad. man. like, my language is not good, but anyway. Um, and, uh, I think, I think we need both extremes, right. In a sense of, okay, my whole business model is bridging the gap between mental and physical health. Like everything Mm -hmm. I do is, is something within that realm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, great. And when you, when people train with me and I'm whatever, I was like, I don't want to hear your bullshit. Like I'm not here to, like I said, cradle your nuts and give you a kiss on the cheek. Like we're here to to fuck shit up right now. And Mm -hmm. I've, you might have to go to that weird, nasty place that you don't want to go to, right? You Mm -hmm. don't want to go to because it's scary and you don't want to be the person that you kind of turn into. It's like, it's weights, right? It's some burpees. It's a spin class, like get out whatever you need to like, send yourself in motion legit. And then you, we need to be able to go the other way. So usually it's coaching ladies to be able to go into that place right so then they gain the confidence and they stop with the comparison and usually it's pulling lads out of that place right and then sitting down and be like you need to sit in your own space mm. I was like, what do you want me to do bro I was like I want you to think about everything that's ever hurt you no fuck <laughs> you, nothing hurts me man I'm like okay come I'll come back half an hour later and they're like crying or whatever I was like I want you to try and think about nothing I want you to meditate or do all these things journal right what do you want me to write dicks do you want me to draw dicks so i was like oh
1: okay. those are hard things to ask of anybody that's not just a dude thing
0: well you're gonna it's needed, with your man.
1: feelings yeah it's yeah, yeah. so needed but like even like i i do my work but man i do not like doing it like ugh. oh I've, I've been trying to journal in the mornings and it's like i hate this it's hard it's good it's helpful yeah, it's yeah. hard
0: yeah i mean it's it's simple yeah. Right. It's simple, but it's hard. Right. Yeah. Most things in life are hard. they're exactly. real simple, real simple, yeah. but they're fucking hard. We've got to do it, man. And I think, yeah. you know, you're paving, you're paving a path for everybody else to, to come with you alongside you, not follow you, anything like that. It's people going alongside you. I think one of the greatest lines I've ever heard, I'm into, I like hip hop and rap. I think it's uh, well, some of it some of it is absolute garbage but um some of it because i think it's poetry to music right and mm-hmm. one of the lines was was uh was a lad from back home in london from called dave said we're all alone in this together
2: mm-hmm. and it, and it mm-hmm. messes
0: me up that line like it, it pulls on some sort of string and i'm like oh god damn because we are we're all on individual journeys but we're all together yeah and i think why you doing your stuff is just inspiring a lot of people and and kicking everyone in the ass to to get them to do their own thing. Right. If that is the same thing, great. Like do your thing. But if it's not, if it's something completely different and you want to, I don't know, go spearfishing or something, then go do, go do that. Yeah. I don't know why that was the first thing that came to my mind.
1: (laughs) That would never be the first thing that came to my mind. That
2: was great.
0: (laughs) It's because I really want to go the North and South pole. Okay. I want to go to both poles. And be able to say, you know, you know, when you're like 80, 90, and I'm sat in a rocking chair nursing a whiskey, I can, like, look at an atlas and be like, all the way up there and all the way down there, this blonde lad has been there. Oh, that I, mean, I need to
1: step it up because I already sit in a rocking chair with whiskey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm only
1: 33. <laughs> what have I done with my life?
0: <laughs> legit a rocking chair?
1: Well, no, not a rocking chair,
0: but oh,
1: a chair with whiskey.
0: I was going to say, like... Those OG rocking chairs are, yeah, that, that's a granny chair. Like, I'll be like, I think you need a new chair.
1: No, we don't have a rocking chair. My in laws oh. have one. So I could go sit over there in their rocking chair and do it.
0: But mm. <laughs> Scotch or Irish? Bourbon. Oh.
2: I
1: know, but it's the other stuff a little too.
2: It's too sugary. Sure.
1: Maybe that's why I like it. I like oh. a Manhattan made with bourbon. That's my go to.
0: I'm a little bit insulted. I
1: I'm okay with Irish though.
0: I'll go with that. Irish is um, a good all-night drink. You don't do scotch all night. That's no. You do scotch for a one, an occasion. We have a heart to heart. Okay, great. But if you're gonna do an all night, it's Irish. Although it will absolutely mess you up. Kids don't do alcohol.
1: <laughs> drink responsibly.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's 21 over there, isn't it?
1: Yeah. What is it where, bleh, bleh, where it's 18 where you are?
0: Well, it's, it's 18
1: in the UK, right?
0: 18 in the UK, yeah. But I mean that's more of a, a guidance, you know, like it's more Yeah,
1: that's a, if you're out in public kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like double figures, you know. If you you know, if you can stand up.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And walk yeah, a couple it's steps. Yeah, 21 here. Yeah, 21.
1: Which is why it's always a really big mess when a 21st birthday happens.
0: Mm. Wow. Yep. Yes, I didn't drink until I was 21. We'll put it that out, out there. Uh-huh.
2: It's
0: complete bullshit. But hey, right. I end with three. I questions. I didn't either. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sure. you, you smell that? It smells like bullshit.
2: Oh, darn. Uh,
0: <laughs> now nah, back on, back on spot. But on the continent, you can like, for example, France, you can um you can buy like a cider or wine with a meal mm-hmm. at 14 gosh yeah well the thing is like all the all the metrics they've got over there like alcoholism and Mm
2: -hmm.
0: non uh fight liver disease and all that kind of like crime that comes with it too they're all down
2: because of the culture they've
0: created exactly we're going
1: into a totally different topic
0: that's true (laughs) anyway what's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received
2: Oh, that's hard. Well, that sure you up, um, not it? It did. Greatest piece
1: of life advice I've ever received. I don't know if this is the greatest, but this is the one that's coming to mind.
2: Uh, it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. Wow.
0: Wow. Didn't expect that one.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, that's
1: probably not the greatest one I've received. That's just what's coming to mind right now.
0: Well, right. you know, it's it's a good one. You know, it likes to do in your own thing. Mm-hmm. I like that. What about, what's the worst piece of life advice you've ever received?
1: You need to follow a step path. Oh. Maybe not in those words, but like, do this, then do this, then do this, then do this.
0: That's very apparent yeah. in like Western whatever that is western society you know by this age you got to do this by that age you got to have that and like
1: yeah i mean that's i think what fuels the comparison itis or whatever it's the
0: oh that's a good
1: have you met all of these markers that you're supposed to meet by your age Mm. how are you comparing to your peers and it's hard when it's like okay these are things you're supposed to do but now it's not even that simple because now there's it's not completely open but now there's like 10 different paths you can take so did you choose one of those and follow that one neatly or did you pick and choose from here and there and then you're really off the map again
0: well it always goes back to just don't give a fuck what other people think
1: yeah
0: less fucks given
1: yeah maybe that's my greatest Advice I've been given. Okay, less fucks given. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. <laughs> Greatest advice. <laughs> All right,
0: guys, if you repeat that in a place that's a little bit iffy, I do apologize. Don't quote me on In fact, fuck it, quote me on it. Like, I yeah. get in, I get. In no, the-
1: you know what? Famous people say? that they hmm, was it Helen Mirren, the actress? Oh, I love um, that yeah, her quote gosh she looks 70 or something one of her more recent quotes was the it's like the thing I would tell young my young self now or tell young people or something like that is give less fucks
0: give less fucks honestly yeah it makes
1: sense and I think as I get older that makes more sense it's like less things matter yeah Less trivial things matter. I don't know. I know
0: know. what I mean. Are you alive? (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is your husband alive? Yeah. Is your kid Mm -hmm. alive? Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
1: That's
0: it. Full stop. I
1: don't need to... I still do a lot of the time, but I don't need to worry about the opinions of other people. Like, yeah, you do your thing. Right? It doesn't affect me anymore.
0: That's their rules that they play the game by. It's not your rules. Boom. Uh... Last one, like three
2: words. Three words, you tell your younger self. make it into three words. It'll be okay. Hmm. Hmm.
0: That's punched me in the heart a little bit. I like it.
2: Yeah, I don't even know exactly
1: what I'm referencing, but I think that's all-encompassing.
0: A lot of it. Yeah. Honestly, that could go are everywhere. Tough
2: questions,
0: <laughs> I'm obsessed with them, man. Honestly, Love like it. people's perspective on anything. I'm like so grateful they're just here. Like, dude, I've I've lived in gyms. I've lived in my car. I've lived in my fucking dad's shed. I've had no money to fucking buy food. Where I fucking stole it. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been creme de la creme, absolutely the bottom. And what to sit across from someone granted by a computer screen and hear the perspective on, I don't know, a vase or like theater or life. Like, I think it's phenomenal. You learn so much and, you know, like you get to create this connection where I take a dip into your reality of how you see the world. and I'm like, oh, I never would have seen that before because I don't see the world through your eyes and vice versa. You don't see the world through my eyes and you'll look on all these places that I've never visited. You know, it kind of goes to everyone's like, what do you think of this country? I was like, "I don't fucking know. I've never been like, I've, I've not been with the locals. I've not walked around and not spoke to the people. I've not felt the ground. Like, I don't know what it's like. So, you know, it kind of, it's, it's an honor for me to hear, to hear what you got to say. So I just want to say, thank you. Thank you for everything that you do. Um, You're seriously changing sides. Like I think it's going to be some really, really cool shit that you're going to come out with in the future to add to stuff that you've already bought. So, <laughs> mate, thank you. Thank you. You're making me cry by the end of that. <laughs> thank you. Mate, don't cry because i start crying. And that's an ugly cry. Okay. I don't, I'm don't. i not a pretty cry. You know, it's more of a snot bubbles and bawling and all that type of stuff. Yeah, it's that's real that's good. you being
1: me. authentic
2: again. So there
0: you go. I've got the face <laughs> for radio. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why i do podcasts <laughs> anyway if you and the family need a holiday and you want to doss around in the south southeast pacific is that right that's right then you, <laughs> you know where they are all right the two islands i'll be somewhere yeah. around just shoot me a message and i'll and i'll link you guys up no problem awesome all right have a fantastic well, it's been a day evening or something
1: thank you,
2: you all too. right
0: thank you very much speak soon
2: See ya. Oh.